When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. listening to another episode of Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim and this week we're talking the United States versus Billie Holiday as well as all the latest movie and trailer news. I'm Timmy Fland, movie buff. And I'm Lee Livingstone, entertainment journalist. And we love talking all things movies. And this week, we're discussing the United States versus Billie Holiday, which follows Holiday during her career as she is targeted by the Federal Department of Narcotics with an undercover sting operation led by black federal agent Jimmy Fletcher, with whom she had a tumultuous affair. The movie is directed by Lee Daniels, who also directed Precious, The Butler and The Paperboy. With a screenplay by Suzanne Laurie Parks based on the book Chasing the Scream by Johan Harry. The movie stars Andra Day in her feature film debut, as well as Leslie Jordan, Miss Lawrence, Trevante Rhodes, Natasha Leon, and Garrett Hedlund. Now, for those who don't know who may be living under a rock, Billie Holiday was an iconic jazz singer known as the godmother of the civil rights movement for her famous song, Strange Fruit, which was taken from a poem about the horrors of lynching and the persecution black people were facing simply for the colour of their skin. Now, I had heard of the name Billie Holiday, so my rock has some sort of air ventilation, (laughs) but I didn't really know much about her, Lee, which is kind of embarrassing, but... My gosh, I'm so grateful that this film has been made, you know, for me selfishly, mm. because it, it was just incredible. And I just could not believe what she endured. But I also mm. wasn't surprised by the racism and discrimination that this film kind of communicates to the audience. Well, there has been one notable and very beloved Billie Holiday biopic before. There's one called Lady Sings the Blues, which stars Diana Ross in the title role. Um, And that's a very different story, though. This one is more complex and unflinching, I think. Mm. And interestingly, piece of trivia... 
Diana Ross was nominated for an Academy Award for her performance as Billie Holiday. And Andrew Day is also nominated for Best Actress mm. in this year's Academy Award. So that's a really nice synergy there between the two projects. And deservedly so, because we'll talk about her performance later on. But oh, absolutely. This movie works on a lot of presumed knowledge about Billie Holiday's public persona, I think. So I don't think it was particularly effective in introducing an audience to who this woman is, unfortunately. A lot of people know the name, but most generations wouldn't know much about her or her story or what this song is about or the harassment that she faced beyond being a notable singer. Mm, Okay, so I think that's me Mm. because I didn't really know much about her. And yes, I think that you kind of got thrust into who Billy was and I had no preconceived notion whatsoever. I didn't know her story or ultimately her impact on the civil rights movement. But I learned a lot from this film as a result of that, I think. And the power of the lyrics of the of the song Strange Fruit really came in, which, which I'll talk about in a moment. But Andra herself has said that Strange Fruit was the first protest song. Mm. It was the first time that someone, especially this black queer woman in the 30s, 50s eras, had the nerve to actually say, America, look at yourself. And did you feel mm. that you got that out of watching this movie, that her impact was felt? Yeah, somewhat. I definitely feel like, you know, as the godmother of the civil rights movement, as I said before, that she's getting the justice and credit that she deserves here, definitely. Yeah. But is it a biopic or is it using Billie Holiday as a tool for telling a wider story? I felt the structure was unfocused. It touches on a lot of topics and storytelling tools, but it never seems to quite settle on any of them. Did you feel like that? I completely agree. I'm really glad we're discussing the pacing and the structure, I think. Here I found it was a bit of a mixed bag and I thought the Mm. centre of it would be this interview she was having with Leslie Jones' character, Mm. but then over time they just stopped going back to that moment. And for me it confused the timeline a little in terms of where things were at with all Mm. the facets of her life, her heroin addiction, the pursuit of the FBI, her time Mm. in jail, her court case, and then her very complex relationship. So I felt very displaced in the timeline of her story as a result of a very mixed pacing and structure as well, Mm. Lee, I agree. Speaking of that interview, we should explain, I guess, that it begins as an interview with a gossipy journalist where she's reflecting on her life. Um, But then they don't commit to that framing device. It just disappeared. It felt a bit useless to me. You could have dropped it and it wouldn't have been missed. Yeah, I agree. I think you learnt a lot more about Billy through Andrew's performance, you know, following the a more linear timeline than kind of jumping back mm. at really weird times through this interview. But before before we go any further, I'm sorry, mm. but I just have to get something off my <laughs> chest. Yeah. I think you know what this is gonna be. I have to call out the weave in the room, Lee. The weave, yeah. The bad wig. Leslie Jordan's wig. It just has to be the most outrageous but arguably best wig in cinema I have ever seen. I had a physical reaction when he first came on on screen and I kind of yelped. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is the most outrageous wig ever? And if you follow mm. Leslie Jordan's career or even his Instagram, which I highly encourage you to do, he's a ph- phenomenally hilarious man. He's got no hair. So it just jumped out big time. Yep. I just, yeah, I, w- I was very distracted by that bloody weave. We had a little conversation about whether that journalist was a real person and it actually isn't. It was completely a framing tool. So the hair choice is 
completely Leslie Jordan, maybe, or the director. Okay, I find that really, really interesting. And it only solidifies your point about how pointless that narrative moment Mm. was. Like, why did they put in there if he wasn't a real character and they never really lent into it enough to propel the narrative? So, I find that really strange. And especially the weak choice then, if he's not a real person, why? (laughs) You spoke about the pace briefly. It did drag on a bit, didn't it? It's filled Mm. out with a lot of montages in different styles, which I felt some of them went on for a little bit too long. Some of them were interesting, though. There were some interesting choices in there. Yeah, montages. They Lee Daniels loved a montage here. I found majority of them really effective. That's there's this technique in scene transitions where they position the film into its like 40s or 30s, 40s, 50s era Mm. by using like a black and white filter, a bit of a grainy tinge to Mm. it. And then it would like turn into the color, turn into the normal Mm. film that we were seeing. And I found that really, really nice and effective. Then I felt they overused it. And then when they went into these kind of strange montages, which you alluded to earlier, it kind of, yeah, affected the the pacing of the story ultimately, I think, in the end. I did find those very interesting as well. I enjoyed them, as you said, but the timing of them felt strange. Like normally yeah. something like that, a vignette or um, some kind of stylistic technique like that would be used to transition between scenes or between yeah. plot points. And here it just felt like, let's throw one in. Let's do one now. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't always a scene transition where they naturally will fall and feel Mm. natural to the audience. They kind of, yeah, just threw them in at random moments, which felt a bit jarring, I agree. It's a very mixed bag stylistically, I think. And some very abstract techniques were mixed with, as you said, the archival footage and vignettes. Mm. Sometimes it feels like you're watching old news footage, but then also sometimes it was like a home movie. Did you notice that? So even the technique within itself changed. Mm. I wonder if that was Lee Daniels, the director, just Mm. wanting to mix it up and try different things, but it ultimately made it feel a little bit confused at times. Mm. And the downside of all those montages is that it relegated really pivotal points to a footnote. So like her jail time, which is a very pivotal moment. I mean, the whole film is called The United States versus Billie Holiday. And that was relegated to just an early speed bump, really. Well, yeah, you think that there's going to be considerable time spent in the courtroom, especially Mm. with the pursuit of the FBI on her under the guise of the war on drugs. But really what Mm. they wanted her to do was stop singing Strange Fruit, as we mentioned, which is, Mm. you know, a powerful song about lynching of of black Americans. Yeah, but you were kind of like the title kind of throws you a little bit. It's not very much about that sort of court case that you Mm. would maybe think would come about more often in this movie. And, yeah, footnote her time in jail and that pivotal moment in her as a human Mm. being and, you know, her her life, her very short life. She died when she was 44, which is astonishing, so devastating. Yeah, and let's talk about that for a second. It's horrific how obsessed the FBI was with destroying this woman, even Mm. as she lay dying, you know, the need to win at all costs and her untimely death was just abhorrent. Yeah, Garrett Hedlund's character, Harry Anslinger, mm. who's the FBI agent. The first head of the FBI's narcotic division. Right, yes, that's correct. And he said that her lyrics provoked people in the wrong way. Mm. But, you know, ah, uh, it just, it's so infuriating just how yes. much racism was around then. And arguably, guys like today, to this day, it's just so shocking. Uh, And this movie is relevant today as much as it would be if you made it 
decades and decades ago. Let's talk about the positives here. Now, Andrew Day's mm. performance was stunningly raw, so powerful, and it's her feature film debut completely deserved Oscar nomination. I cannot get over that she has never acted before. Mm. She is an absolute revelation in this film. Uh, you could have fooled me that this was her debut. Like, my goodness me. Mm. She changed her speaking voice her singing voice to portray Billy in the most authentic mm. way. Like just the commitment and the chameleon ability that she has straight out of the gate in her first role. Yeah. You know, her performance felt effortless to me. How did you feel? Yeah, but she was Billie Holiday. Yeah. She didn't portray yeah. her. She It was a state of being, I think. Mm. And I think she so beautifully presented the legacy that Billie Holiday was always meant to have and leave mm. behind. And I think that was the the main point why Andrew came on when she met up with Lee Daniels, the director. She didn't want to do it. She said no. She wasn't an actress and all those sorts mm. of things. But the opportunity to establish a lost legacy or a legacy people weren't too familiar with because it was always distracted by a heroin addiction and mm. the FBI going after her. But it's like, no, this this red thread of the song strange fruit was the thing that is the most powerful element of this movie and you just cannot fault her performance mm. uh, one bit here. I also want to talk about another young performer, Travante Rhodes, who is more experienced, obviously. He was fantastic, though, as the um, federal agent Jimmy Fletcher who has to infiltrate Billie Holiday's friends and um, report back on her. You got glimpses of the inner turmoil and the moral dilemmas he was facing doing that, which I really enjoyed, but there's no evidence that this even happened. A lot of the romance was probably fabricated. He was incredibly charismatic and charming, and I think it was a really authentic, beautiful relationship that him and Billie Holiday had in the film. Mm. It was a little bit messier than I imagined it to be. However, I think if you want to encapsulate Billie's life, it was really messy. There was nothing mm. like linear or normal or consistent about it. She endured drug addiction, abuse in yeah. her childhood and her adult life, abuse from the people, abuse from the feds. And, oh yeah, it just, her story is so tragic. Yeah. It's really, really incredible story to, to follow. Let's talk about the incredible costuming in this film mm. by designer Paolo Nidu. It really nails the era and helps tell the story, doesn't it? There are something like 55 looks for Billy throughout the film and it shows that she used fashion to mask her pain and the fact that she came from a poor background and was struggling financially due to the drugs and being screwed over by the manager and the husbands mm. and the club owners. But you wouldn't know it with these beautiful costumes that she wore on yeah, stage yeah. and even even when she was in her apartment or, you know, not performing, the, the costuming detail was fantastic. Yeah, it was really beautiful. And I think coupled with her music, her lyrics, her song and her stage presence, you know, I could have sat and watched Andrew Day perform as Billie Holiday for the two hours and ten minutes that the film went mm. for. I think I would have walked out going classic. And there was a lot of it, wasn't there? There was a lot of performance yeah. Did you have an issue with that? I usually do with a biopic about an artist where they just spend too much time on the stage. But I think that mm. in order to effectively tell Billy's story, her lyrics were so apparent and poignant to that moment in the narrative that they were communicating. Mm. It was critical and crucial 
that she sang as often as she did because you got to see a part of her that she couldn't live off the stage because she wasn't Mm. allowed to because she was just up against so much. And I think, yeah, the costumes really complemented that and the production design, yeah, really positioned you in that era, like you said. It was just so beautifully captured. And doesn't it just prove that this is a tale as old as time? You know, you've got singers like Amy Winehouse and, you know, so many others who are just worked to the bone and harassed and are just, you know, a a tool for other people to make money and piggyback off of. And it's been going on for all the way back to Billie Holiday's era. Yeah, and because of their trauma, they can't seem to get a grip on their own life or control it. And they're constantly being manipulated, but at the same time, they're aware that they're being manipulated and it's just really tragic to see that play out. And it's a vicious cycle that just keeps going and going and going and so tragic. Just adding on to the Mm. music and the performances, I kind Mm. of want to talk about the first time that we see Billy actually sing Strange Fruit. Yeah. And wasn't it the most powerful lead-up yeah. to that moment. I've actually got chills thinking about it. That happens a lot on this podcast when we relive a yeah. moment in a film and we're like, chills, chills. It was intense, but it was so perfectly done. And yeah. she commanded, right? Andrew Day commanded that you listened to every single unsettling lyric in that song. Yeah. It was a song about inescapable trauma with every word as important as the next. And mm. um, wow, it was a powerful moment in the film. I think you hit the nail on the head there. It demands that you understand the song. You might have heard it before and thought it was a fun little ditty and not really understood. I think she says in the movie that it's um, people think it's a love song. Yes. I don't, I don't know how you get that from that if you actually listen to the lyrics. But yeah. how on earth? That moment demands that you really understand the lyrics. And it's incredibly visceral, isn't it? Because mm. you once you take in those lyrics you can't escape them as it should be and then you just have all these visions these visuals that are just so disturbing but important they're so important to have in your mind because it's meant to make you angry and yeah it was just incredibly effective what a movie hey are we ready to wrap it up yeah sure let's wrap up the united states versus billy holiday so i found that the film presents one of the greatest performances in cinema like I've ever seen. I cannot fault Andrew Day's stunning, devastating, but ultimately empowering take on the iconic holiday. Wow. Despite the pacing and structure of its storytelling letting it down for me, I was deeply moved by the legacy this film paved for Holiday and uh, in essence I really enjoyed it. So I'm going to give the United States first Billy Holiday three and a half popcorn kernels. Okay, well I agree with you. I don't think this story was told as effectively or coherently as it could have been, but there is no denying that Andrew Day's performance as the tortured Billy Holiday is truly something to behold. I was enthralled by the stunning costuming and found the stylistic technical flourishes interesting, if a little all over the shop. I really just wanted to get to the heart of Billie Holiday and what she was about, but this film is worth a look definitely for the incredible performance of Andrew Day alone. I'm going to give the United States versus Billie Holiday three popcorn kernels. There we go, guys. That is our wrap-up of the United States versus Billie Holiday, which is in Australian cinemas from April 22nd. Go check it out. All right, let's move on to news. So before we jump into that, Lee, just a little teaser to dangle mm. dangle in front of our listeners is that look out 
for some really exciting Mortal Kombat content. We're going to be sitting down with the cast, some of the crew, the director, um, to interview them about the film and their experience, as well as bring you the review. So we're really, really excited. Uh, So watch this space. Super excited. Make sure you've subscribed to get the episode straight to you. Now, Lucy Liu has been cast as a villain in Shazam! Fury of the Gods, which is the sequel to 2019's Shazam! The Charlie's Angels and Kill Bill actress will play Calypso, the sister of Helen Mirren's character, Hespera. I didn't know that Helen Mirren was in this movie. No, I think I might have forgot as well. Oh, okay. Well, that's fucking awesome. I'm obsessed with <laughs> Helen Mirren. Okay, yeah. I think this is the first time I'm legitimately excited about this movie. Yeah. So, both characters are the daughters of the Greek god Atlas, who is one of the sources of Shazam's powers. He holds the stamina of Atlas, as well as the power of Zeus, the strength of Hercules, the wisdom of Solomon, and the speed of mercy and the courage of Achilles. So, he's not an overachiever at all. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We also got a first trailer for The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, that's a mouthful, starring Ryan Reynolds, Samuel L. Jackson and Salma Hayek reprising their roles from the first film. What did you think of this trailer? It was very Ryan Reynolds, wasn't it? Oh, it was super Ryan Reynolds. I mean, Ryan Reynolds is Ryan Reynolds and can only be Ryan Reynolds and we're here for (laughs) Ryan Reynolds. So, I mean, if you've got a problem with Ryan Reynolds, then, you know, bugger off. I saw the red band trailer, so there was a lot Mm. more F-bombs, a few shots that held on some gore and violence that weren't in the edited version. So, I thought it was awesome. I love the first one. I really, really dig the first one. It's not people's favourite film, but I really, really loved it. So, I'm just so excited. It was fun. I don't know if it needed a sequel. But as soon as you start hearing the bars of like Backstreet Boys and NSYNC and all those kind of things, you're like, oh, here comes another Ryan Reynolds movie. (laughs) Well, actually, it's funny that you say that because the song that they held on for the entire trailer, which I found incredibly effective. And, you know, I was born in 88. So, like, Britney Spears is kind of like, you know, that point in my young adulthood that, you know, rose to fame and took over your lives Mm. and hit me baby one more time leads all the way through this trailer and I think it's just Mm. so perfectly used. I thought it was fucking awesome. We also got a new trailer for F9, which is the Fast and the Furious sequel. It's a real family affair once again and they're messing with magnets now, as they say in the trailer. They are also heading to space. Just in case you thought these movies couldn't get any more out there, they're going to space. Anyway, yeah. the Fast and the Furious sequel is coming to Australian cinemas on June 17, so it's just around the corner finally after being delayed. Yes, yes, delayed significantly like a lot of big films. Yeah, this movie looks outrageous. They've paved the way for outrageous stories in this franchise, yep. so nothing surprises us. Heading to space, cars flying off cliffs, you know, yep. magnets, you know, what's next? I'm ready for it. <laughs> Okay, so, Lee, we have some really exciting casting and uh, film Mm. news here with Laura Dern and Hugh Jackman cast in Florian Zeller's The Sun based on another of the director's stage plays. Yeah, so Zeller is the director of Oscar-nominated The Father. We see a theme here, which is in cinemas now. And we had the pleasure of interviewing Florian Zeller about his time making that movie with Anthony Hopkins, who is also nominated for an Academy Award for his incredible performance. So make sure you check out our special interview episode on your preferred podcast platform. 
It's an incredible interview, Lee, one of my favourites. Zella will once again adapt the screenplay of The Sun, which is about Peter, Hugh Jackman, who is living life with his new partner and baby when his ex-wife, Laura Dern, turns up with their teenage son, Nicholas, and it's clear they both need help. What a pair. Laura Dern and Hugh Jackman, just fantastic. Oh, stunning actors in their own right and to see them come together with an incredible filmmaker and, and mm. screenwriter like Florian Zeller. I'm so, so excited. Now, this is super exciting, Tim. Mm. Mads Mikkelsen is joining the cast of Indiana Jones 5 in a yet-to-be-announced role. It has to be a villain, right? Oh, 100% it has to be a villain. I don't know why they just <laughs> didn't come out and say he's playing the villain. <laughs> yeah. So he joins Harrison Ford and Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who are already signed on for the famous archaeologist's next adventure. I am getting super excited for this film. With this casting news, it's going to be epic. Oh, it's just going to be fantastic. It's a huge nostalgia fix. It's an endearing, beloved franchise that's been bloody hell. It's reaching like 40 years, this franchise, Mm. since it first came out in the early 80s. Actually, I think it is 40 years, wasn't it? 1981, Raiders of the Lost Ark? I don't know. I don't know how you do that, Tim. Oh my God. Okay. I'm going to fact check myself, but (laughs) I think it's 40 years. Holy heck. So here we are. Uh, Yeah, I'm really excited. They always get the casting so right in these films uh, with Phoebe Waller-Bridge and now Mads and of course, Mm. Harrison Ford. Yeah. Brilliant. Can't wait. Well, I think that's it for another episode of Popcorn Podcast. Tim, what do you think? I think we are done and dusted. It was jam-packed, as we always say, and we reviewed the United States vs. Billy Holiday, which is in Australian cinemas on April 22nd. Yes, make sure you check it out and make sure you subscribe to get our Mortal Kombat episode next week. You won't want to miss hearing Tim and I go head-to-head on this epic movie. (laughs) I can't wait. I'm so, so excited. All right, guys, as always, thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. join in the conversation you can like us on facebook and follow us on instagram at popcorn podcast ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.